Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Catholic Truth Podcast, where we teach and preach the Catholic faith, which comes down to us from Jesus and the apostles over 2,000 years. We want to help you to know, love, and live your faith and even be able to defend it. And on this show, sometimes we have guests who are experts in their field or <clears throat> who are converts or who have written a book. And as you can hear, I've been getting over a uh, <clears throat> sickness uh, for the last five days. So finally, just getting better and coming back to these interviews. Uh, but today we have a very special guest and a very special topic. And uh, it's a very interesting topic because, as you know, my or may not know, my wife is pregnant with our second child soon in two months. And uh, we have been having a lot of problems with doctors. And in fact, my w wife had a lot of womanly issues way back in the day, which made it hard for her to get pregnant and that sort of thing. She had a lot of stomach aches lot of health issues and no doctor could figure out what was wrong with her i mean we went to so many doctors did so many tests then we went to one catholic doctor who figured it out in a heartbeat and after talking to her uh to him and a whole bunch of other catholic doctors we realized that secular doctors know absolutely nothing or next to nothing about women and their issues um compared to catholic doctors who have the best technology and the best uh <clears throat> really way of understanding women and their bodies on the planet. So we're going to be talking a lot about this even more um, because we want women to stop getting, I mean, literally, we've told women, don't go to these doctors, go to these doctors instead, and they don't listen and they get hacked up or they get put on birth control. They just get the same one or two tools that these doctors know, but the Catholic doctors actually can fix you, heal you, help you with almost any and every problem you have as a woman. Um, so in this video, we're going to be talking about how doctors uh, hurt women and how women get hurt in different ways. And to join us today, we have a woman named Sarah Graff. She is a, a holistic health uh, service and fertility awareness specialist. She specializes in NFP, Boston Cross Check Instructor. <clears throat> and um, she really has the same goal as us. She wants to help women to be healed. She wants to help women to stop being lied to. And this is hard to believe because <clears throat> you'll have to excuse me. It's hard to believe because we think doctors know what they're talking about. And many times they do. But when it comes to women and their health issues, they only have one tool in their toolbox. Oh, you have a headache? Take birth control. Oh, you have irregular cycles? Take birth control. Oh, you have um, acne? Take birth control. They don't actually fix the problem and they don't seem to know how to fix the problem. And all of these problems that women have from infertility, in most cases, to super 100-day irregular cycles, <clears throat> endometriosis, PCOS and all these other things can be fixed. And I know because some of them were in my wife's life. And, you know, now we have two kids on the way after having a long space of not having kids. So, um, <clears throat> so anyways, enough babbling for me. I want to welcome you to the show, Sarah, and thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. This is a big honor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, I get up on a soapbox sometimes because just so no, many do doctors <laughs> have not to. helped us. And so many of my friends literally said they would have died if <clears throat> they hadn't gone to the NFP Catholic specialists in the, the Gianna Center in New York City. And these yeah. doctors have helped them to do the impossible. I know. And <clears throat> they're just so many good Catholic doctors. And we have the best technology on the planet with NAPRO technology. So um, why don't we, before we get into this whole show, before we even get into this, maybe just take a minute to talk about who you are, what you do, and, you know, your your goal for women. So my story starts, I, I was raised Baptist, 
uh, in a very anti-Catholic uh, family, immediate family and extended family. And uh, through a long, long journey, it took me, uh, when I first started from that moment until uh, coming into the church in 2016, it took me eight years. And discovering the Catholic Church's teachings on abortion and contraception and human dignity and the human body um, and marriage and the permanency of marriage, that was um, the catalyst, uh, along with the Eucharist. I want to talk about both, but but the teachings on life and marriage, that was a huge catalyst for me to take another look at the Catholic Church and say, maybe the things I was told as a child are not true. Um, and so in 2015, I read Humana Vitae on my lunch break at work. And I was, I was already um, very interested in Catholicism. I was reading a ton. I was reading a ton of Scott Hahn's material. I ended up marrying one of his students. Um, but I read Humana Vitae and that was it. I think I, I closed my computer and I was like, my search is over. I'm done. And uh, I came into the church uh, the following Easter vigil. And so um, just in case people don't know what Humani Vitae is, uh, it's an encyclical that Pope uh, Paul VI wrote, right? And um, he <laughs> basically was a bomb in the church, as Janet Smith says, because this was right. in the 1960s when, <clears throat> I mean, up until the 1930s, every single Christian in the entire world forever until Jesus believed that contraception and birth control were intrinsically evil and from the devil and hell itself. And then in and Luther 19- taught that Luther and Calvin, and <clears throat> all of the reformers were unified in that. And you cannot find a Protestant denomination today that is obeying their, their own reformers. Yeah, and <clears throat> it was in 1931 that the that the Lambert Conference that the Anglican Church made exceptions just in marriage for serious cases. Mm. And as Miss Smith says, it didn't take the world long to figure out that if we can get rid of the fear of unwanted pregnancies in marriage, then we can get rid of them out of marriage. And that <clears throat> just opened up a whole world of sexual perversions and sexual um, indulgence. And <clears throat> one. Protestant church after another after another the 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 orthodox churches held the line while the liberal Protestant churches all fell one by one starting with the church of christ going down the hill but then eventually the orthodox protestants caved too as well and everybody looked to the catholic church and wondered hey are they going to cave and right. that's when the pope wrote the encyclical and just said no this has nope. been an intrinsic evil for the history of christianity and um, we're going to, no, it's not from Christ. No Christian believes it. And all of the other churches have compromised. We're not going to. And everyone was like, what? Yep. Um, but for Pope Paul VI made four predictions that if contraception and the pill were legalized, um, <clears throat> four things would happen. Could you maybe talk about uh, those four things? And did they yeah. come to pass? Was the Pope right about uh, Humanae Vitae? The man, the man was a prophet. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So... So putting Humana Vitae in its historical context is really fascinating. So in 1965, I have some notes here, I'm just going to grab. In 1965, the Supreme Court establishes a right for married couples to uh, obtain and purchase contraception. And Humana Vitae uh, comes out in 1968. And 
Pope Paul says four things. There will be a general lowering of morality. Uh, women will be treated as objects. The pill will be used to control women. And people will reject the limits of human nature. And I, I find that last one to be um, so chilling, especially today with what's happening with this whole um, transgender, especially with minors, um, and just sort of this transhumanist agenda that we're seeing. Um, you know, he's writing this from from his standpoint, 1968, right? There's There's always been birth control. There's, there's, people have always understood that there are ways to control birth, but with the advent of the pill specifically, um, I think it was time for the church to make a very clear response. And this was almost um, 60 years ago that he predicted all of this. Right. And so you've got Humana Vitae situated right in between 1965, court case about birth <clears throat> control, and 1973 with Roe v. Wade. Mm. Um, and so it's it's just so fascinating to me that this has been sort of a bulwark, right, against the this onslaught of secularism and worldliness and sexual immorality. Um, Janet Smith makes the point that the pill was, by early researchers, it was called the divorce pill. Um, people oh. were noticing that women were going on it. And... Um, one of the things that it does is it changes who you are attracted to and it changes um, it. It actually has a masculinizing, masculinizing effect on women. And it has uh, an effect where women are choosing, in a sense, more feminine partners. When women go off it, they almost don't recognize themselves or the person that they are in a relationship with or married to. And you said um, that's because it changes their hormones and such? And the sense of smell. So our sense of smell is really a big part of who we choose as partners. Um, and didn't so they do an experiment just, with, I'm sorry, just off yeah. the top of my head, didn't they do an experiment with monkeys in this regard? Yeah. Yes. Um, and and t-shirts worn by, you know, sort of like really masculine guys. Um, there was another experiment that was done where um, women, uh, I believe they came in and they sort of... Um, on the computer created, you know, what would be like an ideal masculine face, right? And then they were uh, a certain amount of them put on birth control, hormonal birth control, brought back three months later. Again, make your ideal draw it out or use, you know, um, art uh, apps, create a masculine face. And the faces were significantly feminized. And they did not, the women had no change when they created female faces. So I just, and that's just one example, right? I mean, this is just one, one aspect of it, but um, it is changing our bodies. It's changing how we relate to the opposite sex. Um, it has allowed for this idea that you can have sex outside of marriage um, as early as you want. Uh, with as many partners as you want, and and it will be consequence free. And I think that is one of the great lies of contraception, that it has, um, it's going to prevent unwanted pregnancies. A, we know that it does not, right? So um, birth control failures, failures, right, are um, very common. 
And uh, not only that, the body, you can actually still conceive on birth control. You can have breakthrough ovulation, um, but the environment in your body is so inhospitable that you could have a, a an abortion, but, you know, very, very tiny, microscopic. And I think that, again, a lot of women, when they're, when they learn about this, um, they're uncomfortable, right? This is not something that your doctor is sitting down and, and telling you in, in the office. Yeah. Um, you're sort of given this and we'll take your three weeks and then take your placebo and everything will be fine. Um, and I think that a lot of people, especially in the last two years, I think there's been a real awakening that this is not true. I've been lied to. Yeah, very, very true. I like what you said. The first uh, thing that Pope Paul VI said was um, there would be a lowering of morality. I think we've seen that by a lot. And in fact, in 1960, uh, when the pill was legalized, I think there was a 6% out of wedlock birth rate for white people and 22% for black people. And then when everybody was on the pill, everyone had access to it, you know, you saw the line going up and up and up, you know, then there was a 22% out of uh, what would lock birth rate with white people and 67% for black people. And this was in the 90s. So only 30 years later, it skyrocketed. And this was with the pill. So they thought there were going to be less pregnancies. And there were just an, an immense amount more pregnancies, which is insane. And then I think the second thing he said, women would be treated like objects. I mean, yeah. if you think about pre 1960s and, you know, women and how they were treated as ladies many times, you know, and gentlemen, and all, I mean, what's a gentleman today, but, um, but like we, I think, uh, between those two, the pill would be used to control women and there would be, uh, we would reject the limits of human nature and just start saying well, okay now we don't even know what a human is now we don't even know what a boy right. or a girl is you know like right. many other things it's crazy exactly exactly um absolutely i think that uh if we think about you know the 1940s the 1950s you know if you had two teenagers who were fooling around and got pregnant um they got married that was the expectation right the the boy rose to the occasion and um, now what we're seeing is uh, with contraception, the onus gets put entirely on the shoulders of the woman, right? It's her problem. You need to take the pill every day. You need to um, make that appointment to have a tubal ligation. Um, you need to put the ring in or get an IUD or uh, have the rods um, inserted into the upper arm. Um, and then if it fails, which it invariably will, it is then the woman's responsibility to go and take care of that next problem, right? Okay, now you have to go and have the abortion and you have to then, you know, deal with all of the consequences of that. And so it's interesting to me that um, this thing that was supposed to bring everybody freedom, right? We, of course, we know, has of course enslaved women, the very gender that that was told you you take this and you'll be totally free and the exact opposite has happened yeah 100% and it's really really sad in fact everybody watching this should be mad mad like just maddened that we've been lied to on such a large scale by secularists by doctors by people around they don't tell you how birth control actually destroys women how it's destroyed their bodies and in fact if you don't believe us there's a uh 
talk by Jason Everett, which shocked me. He went through the whole history of birth control. And now he talks about how um, several, several of the companies um, have been sued out of business because 18-year-old, 16-year-old women girls, I should say, are walking around with 80-year-old bones because birth control has destroyed their bodies. And it's so sad. And as Janet Smith says, and many others, I mean, it makes you think you're pregnant when you're not. And so it goes, sends you through all of these changes. It can lead to diff, uh, different increased cancer risks, stuff that nobody will tell you. Maybe you can just talk a little bit about the dangers and the problems that you know sure. women have seen and face, and they don't even know. The side effects, right? That list is a laundry list. Um, I, I wrote some down for, for our talk. Um, weight gain, vision, loss, cervical fluid drying up, depression, low sex drive, which is how a lot of people joke that the pill really works. It's, it's obviously not true. There's so many chemical reasons, but, um, it really, it really does, um, just kill libido. Um, so for something that was supposed to free you up to have more sex, right now, you don't even want it. And possibly you've chosen the wrong partner. Um, it changes your sense of smell, increased risk of cervical cancer. Uh, of course, you could have a microabortion, uh, stroke, blood clots. I mean, if you are a young 25 year old woman who is smoking and taking birth control, let's say, um, you are really, really putting yourself at risk for um, some dangerous uh, cardiac uh, cardiac issues. Um, and I think that all of this just gets poo-pooed, you know, in the doctor's office. Like real quick, okay, here's some side effects, but you'll be okay. And ultimately, I think it speaks to the society that we're in because I think the truth is that the doctors really believe that this unwanted pregnancy, right, is actually so much more catastrophic than this laundry list of side effects. And so even in a medical professional's mind, I think they believe that they are doing a service for humanity. I, I know this woman could drop dead of a stroke, but she really doesn't want to have a baby. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and what is at the foundation of all of this, right, is us just turning away from chastity as a society. Yeah, and it reminds me actually of uh, Jason Everett, who went to a birth control conference. He he got the documents; it was like a thousand pages or something. He read it right. all, and he said, uh, at, it. <laughs> "He said at the end, he said uh, during the question and answer time, he said there were some shocking revelations that came out. In fact, you know, people are like, yeah, but can't you know birth control and pill harm women, or can't they get diseases? Doesn't it not protect against a lot of different things?' And the doctors just laughed it off, and they said, "Oh, we have secondary you know measures." which they didn't say what that was, but which means like burning stuff off your cervix, freezing stuff in your body, like just crazy stuff that you don't really want to deal with. Of course, abortion would be another one um, if you had an unwanted pregnancy. Um, and then he, and one person asked a question, if you knew your partner had a disease or HIV, uh, you know, and you were on the pill, you know, or even with a condom, would you, especially with a condom, I think that was the question, would you have relations with them and not one of them said yes you know like these are the people who are promoting it and saying it's safe it's effective it's okay for everybody else but we right. wouldn't do it if 
you know, if really push came to shove. And that's sure. really, really scary that these, I mean, it just seems to me like there's so much money to be made in this. It's recommended for everything and everyone, but, you know, maybe it's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> no, I think, um, so I actually looked into that because I was curious and I found some data from 2015. What are the, um, you know, what are the pharmaceutical drugs that doctors are sort of being paid the most to push? And um, the birth control pill, the, the, the family, right? Because there's not just the pill, there's other things. Um, I didn't really see that in the immediate list, um, but the list was, um, you know, filled with like blood clotting medicine and diabetes, right? I mean, other big, big problems that our society is facing. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me if there was... Uh, financial gain for the doctor, but there's certainly financial gain um, and often protection for the pharmaceutical company. Um, I tell this story a lot and my sister has spoken about it publicly, so I know that it's okay. Um, about 12 years ago, my sister was on the NuvaRing and um, NuvaRing is uh has a high failure rate. <laughs> that's where, that's where my story is going. And, um, she found herself pregnant and, um, didn't know for two months because of all the ways that hormonal birth control can sort of change your body and your cycle. Um, and so in, uh, say mid January, she kind of realized, you know, something's wrong. And, um, she went to a Planned Parenthood for help and um they they said sure we'll we'll help you uh we will give you an abortion and then we'll tell you uh after the abortion how far along you were and praise god my sister walked out my niece turned 11 this past august oh wow yeah and um she received her first holy communion in july it was just amazing story of of redemption and um life and it really uh, catapulted my sister and I both into the pro-life movement. Um, I think before maybe we were sort of like nominally pro-life or, you know, just, it didn't, it didn't really kind of hit home, but, um, we learned later that there was a class action suit against Nuvering. I don't know what mm -hmm. happened with it. I'm not, um, super familiar. I think but, maybe um, I, that might've been one of the, um, the, the businesses that was, uh, sued for like big bucks or maybe even close to out of business. Yeah. I mean, just in our circle, we knew, uh, two people, my sister and another, um, another woman, you know, on the periphery of our social circle who had gotten pregnant using it. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can imagine that a young woman, even a teenager is given, you know, a pack of pills and told, you know, you have to take this every day at noon. Right. I mean, you're setting her up for failure. Right. And Abby Johnson talks about this and she's so poignant. She says that the abortion industry wants three birth control failures by the time a woman is 30 years old. That's not difficult, right? The abortion pill is not a hundred percent guaranteed. Um, people are human and they, they make mistakes and they forget to take it or, you know, whatever. Um, so that's not out of the realm of possibility that someone who's been using contraception since they're say 14, 15, 16 years old 
could potentially have failures over 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. And I know several people who have multiple kids using birth control. So <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Right. Um, so just thinking about this and like many women wouldn't know what to say. Like, what do you expect me to get rid of birth control? Are you serious? Like my husband would never go for it. Well, you know, like, are you expecting me to have like 30 kids? Like how are, how are we supposed to do this? And in fact, I don't know if I have it here. No, I don't have it in realm, but I have a secular book on um, the damage of birth control and how to regulate your um, births, regulate your cycles um, naturally without birth control so that you can still space out kids if you need to for serious reasons. Um, and it's actually healthier. <laughs> it's actually better for the woman. It's better for the marriage. It's better for the family. Uh, natural family planning, you know, I guess, which this is called isn't easy, but it is better. And I know, as Janet Smith says, there's a 2% divorce rate for NFP couples. Whereas if for, for Catholic couples who are contracepting, they have the same divorce rate as the rest of the country. You know, it's really, really sad. But if we do things God's way, our marriages are better. We're happier. Love is more present. So maybe uh, maybe Catholics haven't even taught, heard about NFP. Maybe they just think it's like the rhythm method or something, which doesn't really yeah. work. Can no. you talk a little bit about NFP and how scientific yeah. and... Yeah, I love this. Is, I love talking about this. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, you know, a lot of people knock the rhythm method. <laughs> and, and it is, it's not accurate, you know, but for its time, it was, it was pretty awesome. And um, to go from from sort of having nothing to having the rhythm method, you know, it was it was that next step, right? I mean, it's it's not true. It's not. I, I had a unfortunate discussion with someone the other day who was kind of coming at me, and you know, NFP is the rhythm method, and it's just not. I don't know how else to say that. That's not a, an accurate statement. But the rhythm method. Um, Basically, it came from this observation that um, women's there's there are patterns to women's cycles, and there are times of infertility, natural infertility. Now, where the rhythm method went wrong was it assumed that everyone's on a twenty eight day cycle. Now, exactly. <laughs> not only not only is is every woman not on a twenty eight day cycle, but your one woman right is not on a twenty eight day cycle all the time. So. The 28 days was sort of the best approximation at the time. And Jason Ebert jokes that he's a product of the rhythm method, of a rhythm method failure, <laughs> which I think is so funny. But um, so, so you've got doctors John and Evelyn Billings um, and their, their research. I mean, we're all really just standing on their shoulders. Their research was groundbreaking. Um, and, and especially the research they did about cervical fluid and cervical mucus and the sensations of that and how um, all of that contributes to ovulation and can be a sign, a biomarker for a woman that she's ovulating. I mean, it's just fascinating, everything that they did over a period of 10 years. Um, today, um, we know that women's cycles vary. From woman to woman, from month to month, um, twenty-eight days might be the norm. It might be thirty. It might be thirty-five. It might be twenty-five. It might be twenty-six. 
But or if you I, have issues like my wife did, it could be uh, 50, 60, yeah, 70. Absolutely. I know of women who have had 99 day cycles, like they're just out of whack. Yeah. And uh, it was only NFP that brought and, and and some help from NFP doctors that brought my wife's cycle back to totally like 28, 30 days, like uh, regulated, like, wow, like impossible, but worked. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, just a, a couple of days ago, I read an article online from a very well-to-do organization, a very uh, world-renowned organization. And the article said this this 28-day myth, it cited it almost as fact. And I was so confused. I'm thinking, this is a, a, a medical association that really should know better. Um, so there are a couple of different categories of natural family planning, right? And the big categories are uh, symptohormonal, symptothermal, and then you've got mucus-based methods. And um, for me and, and my situation, I, I had a C-section three years ago, and so I was facing a long road of healing and um, recommendation from uh, both my midwife and my, uh, my doctor in the hospital, uh, one to two years to uh, avoid a pregnancy. So we felt like the Symptom hormonal method was best. And we learned Marquette method. And uh, I'll sing Marquette's praises till the day I die. It's phenomenal. Um, Marquette actually has some research out that shows one study they did, 100% of women in the study were able to avoid pregnancy. So NFP, um, when used properly, can absolutely be as effective as birth control, if not more. Um, and, but the benefit of it is that it's not just about avoiding pregnancy. It's also about targeting conception. And so couples don't just come to NFP teachers because they want to avoid having a baby. Sometimes they're missing their conception day by just one or two days, right? So ovulation, the act of ovulation is happening every month, really for only 17 to 24 hours. That's it. So if you miss your window, if you think you're on a 28 day cycle and you're convinced that you're ovulating every month on day 14, but you're really ovulating on day 12 or 13, that's it. You're, you're not going to get pregnant. Um, so what natural family planning has evolved into now is this phenomenal science where you can know daily what's happening in your cycle. So you're observing, you know, so let's say a woman gets her period on January 1st. Okay, that's day one. You are now observing every single day um, changes in cervical mucus. If you're doing hormone testing, you're charting. What is the clear blue fertility monitor telling you? What is happening with the LH tests? This can all be done in the privacy of your own home. Mm -hmm. Um it's it's just phenomenal. It's you know, I joke like what a time to be alive. I mean, this <clears> is cutting edge science, you know, the clear blue fertility monitor is about $120. It'll last you a decade. And it will tell you as your as the estrogen is rising, you know, low, high peak. Um, and so you can you can target intercourse for conception, or you can draw, you know, sort of big parentheses around your fertile window to avoid conception. And of course, there's no perfect method. We know this, right? I mean, there is sex is risky, period, end of story, you know? <laughs> um, 
but with NFP, you can discern, you can pray, you're with your spouse, you're making decisions month to month. You don't have to say, well, I'm sterilizing myself and and now I'm 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 done. I have no more options. You know, this is a constant conversation with my husband and I. What's amazing to me is that sorry, my little daughter was trying to come in. <laughs> um, oh no, mine probably will also. <laughs> Uh, what's amazing to me is, I mean, we used a little bit of an older method, the symptothermal method. Yeah. Uh, we liked it because, so basically women, you can, you can prevent, uh, getting pregnant if you need to, like if you have a C-section like she did, or like my wife did, um, or if we have major medical issues, like at the beginning of our marriage, like we did, or, and you can actually get pregnant a lot easier. Like so many women have. So, but also it can help you know your body and it can help your husband understand you and know your body. And it's such a beautiful thing in that regard. And in fact, so many women have had diseases and major illnesses that only came out through observing their bodies. It couldn't be detected any other way the doctors didn't know it was there and it came out and they went to the doctors and they had these major things that would have been really bad for them but nfp actually in that sense saved their life because you really get to know your body well so the symptothermal method if people don't know is there's multiple ways you know kind of safeguards and checks but basically my wife just takes her temperature every morning marks the temperature and you can tell just by the temperature when you're fertile and when you're not and uh there's other safeguards as well that you can check if you know that doesn't work because sometimes uh the temperature is uh fuzzy or you're not sure there's a gray area but there's other ways to to check it but basically what uh Sarah's saying is correct is that it, this has developed into such a science that even Jason Everett says Mother Teresa used it in India to keep people who couldn't get pregnant from being like like they literally weren't supposed to and she had like a like a 99.000000 like 96 success rate so basically almost a hundred percent uh, success rate. So this does work if you use it, but it's so much more beautiful than just neutering your wife, you know, treating her like a sex object, you know, just like you could get sex anytime. Let's just do it. You know, like, no, this is about us. It's about our family. We're not putting anything be between us. We're giving ourselves completely and totally to each other without, and as Janice Smith says, putting this barrier, this of war between us, you know, like right. gotta get my barrier in place, you know, like, no, we give our yeah. whole selves, even our sexuality, to each other even in nfp you give your whole self and you don't put anything in place absolutely um yeah i i think that if if we are honest with ourselves right when we look around um the people that are having the most trouble right now in their marriages are contracepting um there's i think real um a real wall between but also just What's the word I'm looking for? Resentment. Resentment. Um, you know, and I, I know a lot of women who kind of get to a point where I'm, I'm done. I don't want to take the pill anymore. I don't want to do this. You, you're going to do this now. You go get a vasectomy. And there's just this, this clash because the couple wasn't working with the reality of their biology, right? And the reality of God's plan from day one. Um, and I've, I've seen it over and over again. And the, the simple but complicated answer is you have to get contraception out of your bedroom. Right. But that is, that's a cross also. And, and, you know, it's, it's difficult to kind of 
say that openly, <laughs> but it's true. Especially to your husband. Oh, honey, um, right. but couples that have across the board have just increased their marriage, their love, their respect, and all of those things which go out the door many times with contraception. Yeah, uh, that's sacrificial, right? I mean, yes. I, I say this, I gave a talk at the cathedral back in August about this, and I and I brought this up that, you know, we see in Holy Scripture that Adam basically throws Eve under the bus, right? He, he, they sin, he blames her. Um, but that is not the picture of what marriage should be, right? Marriage is actually the picture of Christ sacrificing for us. And so often in natural family planning, it is the husband that is sacrificing for the wife. I think that this, that NFP really can be an avenue for husbands to lay down their their desires for the betterment of the the wife the family um you know when i came home after my c section which was very unplanned um it was really my husband who you know kind of full steam ahead what do, what do we need to do how how can i help you to heal um we we were facing about 3 months of abstinence and it was not um a source of like anger or resentment he wasn't mad at me it wasn't anything like that it was just the reality of our marriage at the time and we both were focusing on our new baby and healing um i couldn't pick up anything more than 8 pounds i mean you you know it's yeah. very very difficult my um, wife did the same thing yeah and, and isn't it beautiful isn't it sorry go ahead yeah no no that's that yeah you're you're about to say it i mean it is just to know that you're on the same page that your spouse is re is willing to sacrifice for you and women sacrifice too i mean if their husband is injured sick deployed this is a, an, a whole way of life yeah and it's so beautiful that a man like can and does sacrifice himself for the woman and it is a sacrifice people nfp yeah. is absolutely a sacrifice but you know what pick up your cross and follow christ people make it you know nfp seem like oh it's just a beautiful walk in the park no it is beautiful but it's also a huge sacrifice because for three months like if you're let's say you're on the pill and you know let's say you can't have sex for whatever reason but if you're on the pill it's fine you know you can just do that but if you're not and there's a potential that you can get pregnant but you're not supposed to and then you have to abstain you have to withdraw and see here's the thing it's beautiful because you can love your wife in other ways you yeah. can say you know what honey we can't do that but how can i love you today how can i give you what you need and i've told my wife that so many times it's like and it's so like it's hard sometimes especially in the beginning of marriage when it's like oh we can't do it because it's not that time of the month or you know i'm like ah, and you get a little bit frustrated and annoyed at first but that's not her problem that's mine i need to change my attitude i need to change my lusts i need to change my different things and eventually i came to a place where i was like okay well how can i love you in the way that you need to be loved and that was my question to her and i like people who are on F nfp don't need to do that they're free to love in different ways and that i think is one of the most beautiful things and I think that NFP puts sex in its proper place. Yes. In marriage. Um, you know, I, I said this before, I'm a, I'm a convert from a fundamentalist Baptist, uh, Protestant sect. And there was no talk of this growing up at all. Um, sterilization, 
contraception, very common in my family. Um, and, and data shows that it is uh, for couples, uh, especially in their 40s, sterilization is sort of the go-to um, method. Um, the radical sort of turning on its head when I became Catholic of, you know, what marriage is and, and the, the purposes of sex, the, the twofold purposes, right? Procreative and unitive. Um, the fact that both people are working together, right? It's not my fertile window. It's our fertile window. This is the time when we can conceive a child. Um, you know, and, and just knowing that even in that year or two after my C-section, if I had had, um, a pregnancy that we were, you know, trying to avoid, but if it had happened anyway, um, just to be able to face that together as a team with the Lord, right? It's never just the two of you. It's the three of you, um, is such a radically different way of living, right? Than a young woman who's in a dating relationship who finds herself pregnant and now has to go and deal with this on her own. Whether she has the baby or not, she might be alone. Right. Um, and that's, a, that's you know, another true point is that married women are really not the ones who are obtaining abortions in the U.S. Right. Mm -hmm. Abortion is, for all intents and purposes, a, a problem among single women. Um, because, you know, even as a married couple, if you have a, a pregnancy that you didn't intend to have, you probably are going to just go with it together and, you know, prepare and then say later, we're so happy this happened, right? Nine times out of 10. So um, again, I, I love what Jason Niebert's doing because he's really linking all of this back to chastity, back to waiting until you're married. There's, there's wisdom in that on a whole host of levels. Yeah. So in conclusion, the Pope was right in yeah, every Protestant <laughs> denomination that compromised the evils of uh, Christianity, uh, the evils of contraception was wrong. I mean, the Pope predicted it like a prophet and everything he said has come to pass. And I think that's extremely important. And it's even a call to Protestants to come back home. And many Protestants are okay with abortion. They're okay with murdering children. Commandment number five, do not murder. I or grew six up in, theirs. in a church that said that. The, the, the faith community that I grew up in said, uh, abortion is okay. Um, in cases of rape and incest. Now, the Southern Baptist Convention did not revoke their support of Roe versus Wade until June 2003. Yeah. This is an absolute abomination. And, um, and I do, I think that this, this, this accusation often against Catholics were pagan. We worship idols. There has never been a pagan society or community ever in the history of the entire world that has been pro-life ever. Yeah. Amen. So there is and absolutely no way that, that you can accuse a Catholic of worshiping an idol, but then reconcile that with the fact that the Catholic church is pro-life from conception till natural death. Absolutely inconceivable.
Yeah, it's just really sad that Protestants have been so pro-death and that's not an, an, an affront or an attack on them. It's just the reality they've been pro-death because they were like, oh, well, I mean, I just did an interview with two Seventh-day Adventists who said oh, until like 2015, their official position was pro-abortion, contraception, sterilization, all of that. And even now it still mostly is, but there are many SDA pro-lifers because this one convert to the Catholic faith became pro-life and started changing the Seventh-day Adventists. But the the mindset is, well, pro-life, that's a Catholic thing. Catholics do that. We don't want to have anything to do with Catholics. It's uh, their, their hate and their spite is so bad that they're even willing to break God's commandments, which is which should show you something's wrong in the first place. Right. But um, the Pope was right. And the uh, and Catholicism. <laughs> and, and now there are many Protestants on board with this, you know, and they do try to fight side by side with us on this. And But the Catholic Church has never budged from the beginning. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, so Humana Vitae is public domain. Go and read it. It's, it's yes. really easy to read, actually. I mean, there are encyclicals that are, you know, for, for legal scholars, but this one is super readable. And agreed. Um, it, I think it just, it speaks to, to, Pope Paul VI's heart that he wanted everyone to have this and read it and and enjoy it. it it'll take maybe a half an hour. Go and give yourself a treat. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell uh, everyone where they can find you? Oh, yeah. I'm on Instagram for the time being. <laughs> um, so I have two pages. I have my piano, Sarah Piano. That's my, my full-time life. I'm a music director here in the Diocese of St. Pete. And um, I've started a new page to talk about this called Ditch the Pill. And um, just getting the message out that NFP, uh, it's it's wonderful. It's life-changing. It can be trusted in different seasons, whether you're a single woman, if you have a teenage daughter, if you are um, newly married and you're trying to avoid or trying to conceive, um, if you're perimenopausal. Um, I, I just actually took on a perimenopausal client and there's, you know, that's also sort of a new phase because um, the research on NFP is new. And so the women who are now entering their late 40s, early 50s. Right. Um, but I'm excited for the science to come out about that. And I think uh, it's going to just get better and better over the next few years. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And uh, thank you for coming on our show. Um, I also want to thank our listeners. I'm going to link uh, her information down below in the description notes. If you would like Sarah to come talk at your church or your parish, um, or if you would like <clears throat> her to write an article for your organization, please uh, check her information out down below. Follow her on Instagram and um, make sure to get the word out there about her because she's really trying to help women who are being hurt and she does not want them to be hurt. She wants to help them. So, you know, if you would like to bring her in, please check out this uh, description section below. And if you would like to check out our mugs or our shirts and our merch uh, or anything else, please see that in the description section below also. And of course, this video will absolutely not be monetized like so many of ours uh, are not, but we preach the truth anyway. So if you would consider becoming a patron, even $10 a month, 20, 30, 40, $50 a month to help us continue to reach millions of people with the truth that the media and the secular society will not give, that would be super helpful for our work and for reaching millions of women and men alike. Thank you all for watching and God bless you.